Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number nine of the Conspiracy Analytica podcast. It's been a minute since I've recorded an episode, so it's good to get back to the grind. And today's show is something special because we have quite the awesome citizen reporter on for a conversation. And that guest is Zach Payne, otherwise known as Red Pill 78 He's been making videos now for upwards of about four years. I've appeared on his show a couple of times, and I actually think this is the first time that he's coming on to one of my shows. And I wanted to have him on to talk about what life is like being a citizen journalist, from creating the content to what goes into all of this work to what life is like behind the scenes. We talk about what it was like getting started doing this and even have advice for those of you who are looking to create your own independent media brands. I wanted to have a conversation that was just a little more laid back and showed the real side of us influencers, as they call it instead of always talking about politics and news. As always, you can support the Conspiracy Analytica podcast on my Locals page and on Subscribestar, plus there's a few other ways that you can support as well. Links for those will be down below, and also a link on where to find Red Pill 78 News will be in the description too. So without further ado, here is the ins and outs of citizen journalism with Red Pill 78. Red Pill 78, I am honored to have you on this podcast. Uh, we have very similar content, I guess we cover, you know, we both cover the news, we cover, do daily videos, live streams here and there. So I know a lot of my subscriber base will already be familiar with your work, but there might be a few people who aren't quite familiar with who you are, where you come from. So I wanted to start off by talking to you just how you got into doing this citizen reporting work. You know, I know you've been doing it for years uh, like myself since what, 2018, was it? Yes. Um, cool. Yeah. So just give a brief about how you got into all of this, interested in it, started your YouTube channels and all of that. Yeah. So, you know, I had been thinking about doing it for a couple of years. You know, I mean, I, I've been doing, you know, independent research for a long time. You know, a lot of the subjects that we cover and it, it, just the, in general, the things we talk about uh, have been of interest to me for vast majority of my life. Mm -hmm. And when specifically when President Trump uh, announced that he was going to run for president and I decided that I thought he was genuine, he was somebody that I wanted to support. Um, and, and I saw the way that he was treated in the mainstream media. Um, I knew that we had a, a major problem here in this country, and I already knew to a degree that the deck was stacked against anybody who was going to go up against the establishment, but I was still shocked to see the degree with which they came after him, because he had been a, a, a figure who was loved in, like, popular culture, you know? I mean, it was, like, across the board... Left or right, president, you know, it was like, you know, Trump rich and everybody wanted to be like Trump and he was yeah, a boss, you know. You say that I was listening to a Nelly song the other day and he brings up Trump. A lot of those yeah. rap songs from like the 2000s bring up Trump. <laughs> now you just exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, because he's running against Hillary Clinton, he's suddenly a white supremacist and a, and a misogynist and they're doing everything they can to, to take him out. And, um, you know, and so. That that spurred me on, uh, gave me this, I guess, impetus to really get started on this. And then once he was elected, you know, I was at that point, I was like running two businesses and, you know, I, I'm, I'm a dad and I was just caught up in my life. And I had kind of intentionally stepped away from really deep research because when the WikiLeaks releases came out, you know, before the election, and, you know, I mean, like many people, I dove headfirst into that stuff, you know? I mean, watched mm -hmm. Seth Rich get murdered, and, you know, reading those emails with John Podesta and just realizing how deep this stuff went, and, you know, to me, that was kind of like a Rosetta Stone, you know? I mean, like, understanding, like, all at once— that all of these different threads were really just uh, a di different parts of the same blanket, if you will. You know, it was all connected. And there really was no, like, this conspiracy or that conspiracy. I mean, it was all just different stories and different aspects of the same blanket corruption. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of 
got overwhelmed with it because of that, you know, like the idea of child trafficking and just like all this terrible stuff happening. I kind of felt like, you know, hey, you know, what can I really do about it? I felt helpless and, um, you know, I I, I just I, I felt like I, I couldn't deal with it. But something in the back of my mind was telling me that, you know, you can have an impact. You can fight against it. You know, I mean, the mainstream media, that propaganda needs um, a counterpoint, you know, I mean, and I think that's what we are and many other people in the alternative media. And I felt like I, I could I could get involved and I could start doing that. And I felt like the barrier to entry um, you know, getting on YouTube and, and making a channel. I mean, it was relatively low. Even if I got like a couple of people to listen and I was able to reach like one or two of them, I thought that it would be worthwhile. And um, and so, you know, I got sober in January of 2018. So for like that awesome. first, yeah, so that first two years of Trump's, um, you know, well, I guess, you know, just over a year, year and a half of, of his time in office, you know, I um, I had been really wanting to dive headfirst into it, but I felt like I couldn't because I, you know, was, was just partying, you know I mean? But it wasn't was just it partying. Alcohol? It was alcohol. It was cocaine, you know, okay. I mean, pills, but I mean, a lot of it at that point, you know, it was just like self-sustaining, you know, like I said, I was running two businesses. I was not sleeping very much, you know, and, um, you know, and, and, a, and a lot of it was self-medicating because I was, uh, I, I was troubled by what I saw in the world. Mm -hmm. And once I got sober, I was like, okay, you know, there's, this is now the time that I can actually do this and I can feel comfortable about speaking my mind and, um, you know, I don't have to feel like a hypocrite and I can, I can, I can use this change in my life to really change my life. And, um, yeah, so it, in, in early 2018, when that happened, I, had already, I started my channel, you know, back in like 2006 or something like that. And, and I had uploaded just a couple of random videos throughout the years, but nothing with any real intention. And so I started teaching myself how to stream and how to edit and how to, um, you know, use the computer and, you know, decided on my format for making shows. And then, uh, and then in uh, uh, like, I guess three quarters of the way through 2018, I made my first video and I put it out and I had been, you know, I, I, I had watched you. I mean, you were an inspiration to me. And um, Mike uh, from Space Shot 76, you know, he's... Oh, yeah. uh, he was an early one, kind of. Yeah. Us Q yeah. reporting folk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he... He was a friend and, and like we would talk offline and like anytime, you know, like posts would come out, we, you know, we'd be like, you know, brainstorming and like putting stuff together and I'd be giving him things to talk about on the show. And and so when I made my first video, he was like, oh, you got to check out my friend Zach, Red Pill 78 And um, and so, yeah, so he really helped me, you know, have people find me and, and tune into me. And um, that first video I made was about Eric Swalwell wanting to nuke uh, Second Amendment proponents. And, um, yeah. And from there, you know, I mean, I just, I decided that, um, I was going to commit myself to making at least a video a day, um, because that would allow for the greatest possible opportunity to reach people. But also I would be able to teach myself how to do it that much quicker. And I would just get comfortable in front of the camera, behind the mic, you know, and because uh, I wasn't really all that comfortable when I started doing this, you know, it's like you got to yeah, figure out where you're coming That's one thing from. that people don't understand. They think that those of us that live stream and make videos that we just do it in one take. We never messed yeah. up and we don't get anxiety, man. When, if I live stream, I get anxiety every single time. I'm sure. about to hit that button. And uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's practice makes perfect, though. You just got to keep doing it and yep. get into your own groove. So no, man, you've done a fantastic job. Now you're reaching tens, hundreds of thousands of people doing two, three videos a day. And you've done a fantastic job after we've all got booted off YouTube. You know, some of us have taken more of a hit than others, but your channel still, you're still pulling in a lot of views and getting fantastic interviews and people on. So well, you know, at the you, beginning man. in 2018, when you started doing the videos and our, our, I guess come up story is very similar. Me as well. I saw the Podesta emails come out. I um I saw how Trump was getting attacked by the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff. And I totally changed my mind about him. Um, 
did you start your channel and do videos not just to help other people, but to also help yourself? You know, was it a cathartic thing to just rant about the world in these videos and then that kind of help you feel better and help you feel like you were making a difference? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was a huge part of it. You know, I mean, I, 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 I can't imagine that anybody would start doing this and not have some level of catharsis in it, you know, I yeah. mean, because like, like I said, feeling so helpless and, you know, that the world is so screwed up and there's nothing that we can do to change it, you know, like this did make me feel like I could have some impact and that I could also kind of like work through it live on the air with people. And I, I mean, even still today, I think that, you yeah, know, you the same thing that. is happening. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Because, you know, I mean, <laughs> there are plenty of people out there who are very genuine, uh, who are doing the exact same thing. You know, they're, they're uh, giving commentary and, and their thoughts and opinions on things. And, and then there are people who will act like they have some inside information and um and you know you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah the people and, that just want to build a little cult following around themselves and get yeah. money and fame and all that so yeah yeah you know yeah. that cult of personality that's like in my estimation like the wrong reason to get into this and you know i i see it and uh and it's frustrating but i mean i think even those people are they're just winging it you know, they just want people to believe that they have uh, some inside track, some inside baseball that that they don't. But yeah, I am definitely working through things on a daily basis. You know, I mean, since January sixth of uh, of last year, you know, it has been a rough ride uh, in a number of different respects. And you know, it was uh, you know us being here making these shows. I feel like a major responsibility to help the people that are watching process this stuff and to move in the right direction, not lose hope, because I really do think that incredible stuff is happening behind the scenes. But when I'm doing that, a lot of times it's as much for me as it is for them, you know, because um, it's not always easy to, to, to look at what's happening in front of us and immediately be able to, um, in, you know, intuit where it might be going or how things might play out. You know, I, I'm guilty on occasion of seeing things and just, you know, getting that visceral, angry reaction, you know, like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. And then I'm like, okay, sit down, take a breath, and let's think about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, as General Flynn says, local action has national impact. And there's so many different ways that we can each put in our own action to make a difference in this world and help change things, whether it's some direct action protest kinds of things or running for a public office or what have you. But depending on the individual, they can't, they might not be able to run for public office or they might not be able to travel and do protests and whatnot. So this is kind of just our personal way of making a difference, I guess, reaching people through the internet, trying to help people discern what's going on in the world. Uh, mm -hmm. When I started my channel in 2017, I was, you know, I, was I was broke as a joke. I I didn't really know what I was doing, honestly. But just like you said, teach yourself how to edit videos, how to live stream, start doing this both for yourself and for other people and see where it goes. Um, yeah, has the last year and a half been, you said it's been difficult for you. How so? I know you, you were there in January 6th. Have you gotten any attention by the feds and what... <laughs> Talk, talk to me about what's been going on. I've definitely gotten attention. Uh, you know, it's been stressful. Um, the Well, okay, so it, it, the FBI hasn't come knocking at my door, but they have come knocking at several other people's doors that I know personally, showing pictures of me asking where they can find me. Uh, you know, that was a little stressful. Um, you know, I, I know in my heart of hearts that I did nothing wrong on that day. I think the most difficult thing for me from January 6th was the uh, the swift emotional kick in the pants, you know, from yeah. being present with like a million or more people and, and having this incredible 
just sense of like positivity, like, oh my God, you know, we're, we're doing this. Like we all came together and we're making our voices heard. And after all this time of, of, of being kicked around by the mainstream media and watching these people on the left destroy our country, you know, all of the BLM riots, you know, I, I, I thought, and a lot of other people that were there that day believed that this was going to be this like turning point. And I think it was, but just not in the way that um, I thought it would be. You know, I like was there at the Capitol and I watched uh, as it went from like, you know, people holding signs and like chanting and singing songs and, you know, feeling really good about what was going to happen uh, to like in an instant watching it just go like really bad. And all of a sudden, you know, the cops are shooting rubber bullets and, and they're uh, throwing off flashbangs and tear gas. And I was like, you know, what the hell is going on? You know, I like, like we support the police, you know, yeah, right? like we're, we're not, we're not trying to fight you. You know I mean? Like we're, we're fighting for the future of our country and yours and, uh, and watching that happen and knowing immediately how it was going to be portrayed in the mainstream media. And, you know, I knew, I knew as soon as, uh, as soon as it went down, I, I said, you know, I mean, no, none of these people that promised to stand with president Trump and, and ask for, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the election to be looked at, you know, uh, to have uh, electors that actually, you know, would vote for President Trump to be brought forward. None of that was going to happen. I, I knew all these people were going to turn tail and, and, and run as far from Trump as they possibly could because they care about their own reputation and, um, and they don't care about the country. They don't care about the people that they're supposed to represent. And, uh, and that was, de that was depressing for sure. Um, but, you know, having my name and so many other people's names maligned by Media Matters and the Wall Street Journal and New York Times, you know, I mean, I had I had this guy from the New York Times, uh, you know, call my cell phone and and that's not public. You know, I don't know how we got the information that was oh, unsettling. That's creepy. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, and no explanation. You know, he just, yeah. you know, made it known who he was. And, you know, so I it, it um. Yeah, that that was that was probably one of the the most nerve wracking things. But you know, at this point, I don't care in the same way that I did right then. You know, I was I was worried that we were all going to be persecuted. You know, I mean, it's bad enough the people who have been, but you know, I was worried that they were going to use it as an opportunity to completely shut all of us down. And, um, you know, the sacrifice of the people who have been arrested and who have been held in jail this entire time, I mean, it's unforgivable, um, you know, but in a sense, I, I feel like it's really opened the eyes of so many Americans, you know, to, to fully fathom, you know, how far this administration will go, and not even just the administration, but the corruption of the federal government as a whole, you know, because like this administrative state that existed during President Trump's term and has just expanded since Joe Biden, uh, you know, uh, apparently is sitting there in Washington, D.C. You know, these people are so corrupt and they have one goal in mind, and that's the destruction of America. And we are one of the only things that stand between them and, uh, and the successful completion of their goal. And uh, I'm glad that it hasn't gone down in that way. And, you know, they've continued to, to kick us while we're down and, and try to silence us. But I feel like it's emboldened us. And I feel like so many more people have become aware of just how corrupt this entire thing is. I mean, the system itself is rotten and it has to be, um, you know, just excised. Yeah. And you've done a fantastic job trying to give people a sense of direction and keep their keep their hopes up while everything is going on. I mean, that's that's one of the I think responsibilities that we have as mm -hmm. citizen reporters that put ourselves out there as leaders and gain a following is that we're here to not only help people discern, learn information, but also just be kind of an emotional rock that's there that they can stay grounded with. And that that day, January 6th, it was a lot of us had expectations for that day and the days around it, thinking that the military was going to swoop in, arrest them all. The election fraud was, is going to get exposed. Joe Biden's going to get taken down. All of them are going to get taken down. That didn't happen. Like 99.9% .9 of us were expecting. Uh, and I think that that day and those false expectations, those broken 
dreams created this schism in people's minds where they needed to, they needed to fill that. They needed to fill this empty hole that was created within themselves with a bunch of hopium, with a mm -hmm. bunch of just fake clickbait. So they, they got emotionally drawn in towards these influencers that claim to have inside Intel and all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, I just bring that up cause you mentioned it earlier Yeah. and January 6th was definitely a turning point with how many, I guess of these clickbait influencers came out and started getting a following. So question for you really like, I want you to give advice to people who let me two two part question. I want okay. you to give advice to aspiring content creators who are trying to create a legitimate brand for themselves. And I also want, want advice from you for the consumers of content, for those trying to, discern how do they figure out valuable people and content to follow? Well, for people who are looking to get started, you have to balance, you have to balance theory with fact and know how to present it so that you can remain true to yourself and be someone that other people can trust. Uh, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, going down a rabbit hole and having some fun, but you, you have to be somebody that people can rely on if you're hoping to have uh, a reputation that will be worth anything when this is all over. Mm -hmm. You know, like the short-term gains that you'll receive from giving people information that you know is probably false like will trump be back in october yes definitely will trump be back in december oh yes definitely will trump be back in january absolutely you know i mean you, you how many times can you hear somebody say that oh, over man. and last, over and over last again? year it was every month it would be the next month mm -hmm. january mm -hmm. it's gonna be by march march comes around it's gonna be april may june by the yeah. end of the year now we're in 2022 so yeah you know i mean Honestly, in, I, I think maybe, Jordan, we're expecting too much from people who uh, have no problem pulling the wool over people's eyes. I mean, undoubtedly, there will be people who do this not because they want to be of service, not because they want to bring information, but because they want self-aggrandizement, because they want to be as profitable as they possibly can. And for those people... You know, no advice that we can give them will will do any good. Right. Um, the only thing that's going to uh, fix that issue is with the viewers discerning what is true and what is false. And for the people out there who desperately want good information, you have to realize that there are a lot of people out there who are going to try to take advantage of you. And if something sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. And, um, you know, I, it for me, <laughs> obviously, I feel like I have a sense of discernment. You know, I mean, I have a bullshit meter, if you will. Yeah, you know, that's exactly why I have yeah. you on this podcast. And I like, you know, I wouldn't be doing work with people who I didn't right. at least have some sense of trust in. And that's why yeah. I'm also asking you these questions, because I think you've yeah. done a great job in differentiating what you have as fact versus what you have as theory. And you've also done a great job in building a credibility for yourself because you do interviews with big names. You get constant people on your show that, that trust you. So you've definitely been able to bring yourself from nothing, of, mm -hmm. you know, no name on the internet to somebody that has a big following. So yeah, you did yeah. a great job at that. Well, I, I really appreciate that. You know, I mean, I have the utmost respect for you as well. You know, I mean, like, I, I, I feel the exact same way. So I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, but it's totally true. <laughs> yeah, but wait, um, hey, let's just blow smoke up each other's ass. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, man. We need so, it sometimes. We get so yeah. much shit on the internet from people and it's, it's crazy. True. It's crazy. It's true. You know, and, and for the people watching at home, you know, I mean, you don't need to have the next 
<laughs> the next inside scoop, okay? Like, if you're constantly going out there seeking, like, the next military intel drop, um, if you're looking for something to replace those anonymous posts that we're no longer getting, then you're going to find somebody who will fill that niche for you because they understand that there is that that hole inside of you and mm -hmm. they will take advantage of it. You know, it's like people get taken advantage of all the time, you know, in, in online or, or in the real world, you know, and, um, it's like getting a, an email from a Nigerian prince that wants to give you $10 million. Well, God, that sounds great, but what are the freaking chances, you know? And, and if somebody, if somebody has uh, top secret information and they're dropping it on a live stream on Telegram, like, it is nearly a 100% certainty that that is not really what's happening, you know? I mean, like, think about everything that we know. You know, you we were talking before the show, you know, about infiltration of intelligence agencies. What is the best way that they could quell and pacify a movement like ours, a, a truth and freedom movement? Go inside destroy it from within and make it so that everybody feels they can't trust anything because they have been uh, completely lied to on so many different occasions. And, uh, you know, I mean, like, look for that stuff. You know, I mean, it's like right in your face all the time. And I'm so I'm I'm just shocked and, and saddened by how often I see people going down that road. I mean, they just want so desperately for things to be true. And I'll tell you what, you know, you can count on yourself, you can count on your family, you can count on your community, and you can count on people who are willing to come to you and admit if they got something wrong. You know, I mean, like, if you have heard someone consistently over and over and over again just push that goalpost and never once even consider the fact that maybe they might have been wrong on something, but instead the, the problem is always that, you know, the intel is just changing. You know, I mean, just think about that a little bit. I, I mean, those people are out there to get everything they can from you, whether it's your money, uh, whether it's your attention, uh, whether it's your promotion by pushing the stuff that they're, they're creating. I don't know. It's sad. Um, the, I think that most people have an innate sixth sense, and a lot of people today just ignore it because they want someone to co-sign something that they're they're being told. Yeah, that's great advice. I, I often tell people something similar. I suggest that you know it's okay not knowing sometimes. Yeah. It's okay <laughs> just holding back, reserving judgment. You don't know. You might never know, and you have to be okay with that. But I think it's people's egos. They they get upset or they feel something broken within them if they don't know. And mm. they feel like they'll have more power if they do know this for a fact or something or other. You know, sometimes yeah. you just have to be okay not. And then, yeah. And that's, that's like the nature of life too, Jordan. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like... There, there is so much information out there in the world, you know, 99% of everything, like, each one of us will probably never know. There is, like, an infinitesimally, infinitesimally small amount of information. Can you spell that for me, sir? Infinitesimally small <laughs> amount of information that we will ever truly have the fullest understanding of. And, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being hungry and seeking that stuff out, but you have to be able to sort the wheat from the chaff. Oh, and that's the other point you brought up I wanted to touch on, uh, admitting you're wrong, right? There's things mm -hmm. that I said on my YouTube channel back in 2018 that I absolutely cringe at myself for. Oh, and sure. I'm open with people like, oh, I, I no longer believe that. Oh, like, for instance, the Above Majestic documentary that I helped produce. Yeah. Um, there's few things that were said in there that I no longer believe. Some people that were in that documentary, I no longer necessarily uh, believe. So you got to be open and honest with people. And that's, that's one way you do gain credibility as a content creator is it's okay to be wrong now and again, but finding out that you're wrong and admitting that or changing that. I, I still sometimes put a telegram post out there. And even after I post it, I'm still making sure I verify it. And if I right. find out that was wrong, I'll go back. I might put a little edit in there, or I just might try to delete it real quick and not let people see, you know, it's, it's fine. Well, 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, and just by nature, by the very nature of how we do this, I mean, like, we're talking about breaking news quite often, okay? And so, like, it is, it, it's very fast-paced. And so it's easy to, you know, get a little thing here or there wrong or to just have a hot take. And, you know, you take a look at the mainstream media and they never correct themselves. And if they do, it's because maybe they said something wrong about Hillary Clinton. She's angry about right. it or something. Or like they'll that. double down on a lie, triple down on yes. a lie. And they, it's it's the big difference between somebody who's unknowingly spreading misinformation and then the knowing deceiver. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, and so like if I get something wrong, I leave it there. I will edit, you know, but I'll like put like a note on it. Because I don't want it to be memory hold, you know? I mean, it's like I want it to be known that I'm, like, holding myself accountable for it, you know? If I if I put a post out there and I write something that is, you know, factually incorrect, you know, like, hey, you know, great, thank you so much for bringing it to my attention or, you know, because, again, you only know what you know at the moment that you know it. And if you're putting something out there on social media or you're making a video, you know, it's now essentially forever on the Internet, and for me, I think Unless that it's it, on YouTube, then, you know, one. Day. <laughs> yeah, then it's gone forever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's for me, it's it, it, it it's a better idea uh, to allow it to remain, call myself out and then put that out there because I don't want it to look like, you know, I'm trying to cover my tracks or something like that, because then somebody else will put it out and say, look at Zach Payne. He's he's trying to erase these terrible things that he said. Oh, man. I mean, that's one of the reasons I have respect for you, because I, I give you shit off yeah. camera now and again for like interviews you did back in 2019 or so. And right. you laugh at it. I laugh at it. But again, like I've I've said ridiculous things way back then that I think now like, oh, man, Ugh. so. It's, you know, it's, that's, that's, it's part of growing, yeah, you know, it's a I mean, state of things. yeah, you know, and I think that everybody goes through it and to, you know, and for people to pretend like they don't, or they haven't, uh, it, you know, that's, it's a lie. Mm -hmm. So where do you see yourself going next? You know, you're, you're doing you, I'm not quite as familiar with your schedule, but you still do multiple interviews a week and yeah. but you're no longer doing the comfy Sundays, right? Yeah, comfy Sunday. I had to start taking Sundays off. Um, you know, oh man, your your work rate was incredible. I was like, how does he stream for two, three hours a day and then do a couple extra videos in the morning? It was yeah, mind blowing to me. Yeah, so yeah, doing yeah, doing seven seven days a week and multiple videos a day, you know, streamed and produced. It was just it was too much after a while, mm -hmm. but. You know, so Lisa and I moved to Florida um, at the end of last year. Uh, we How do you just like got it there? It. I love it. Absolutely love it. Best decision of my adult life. Florida is awesome. And um, yeah, and the people here are great too. So, you know, I'm very close to the beach and I get to live with the woman I love. We just got engaged. So we're looking at uh, starting our lives together. And one of the reasons I worked so much also was because it allowed me <laughs> to keep my mind on things, you know, and and not uh, not dwell too much on the things that weren't there every single day. And um, and I love doing this stuff, you know, I mean, I love making this content and I love putting out the information and I love doing research and I love talking to people and, um, you know, to be able to interview people that I respect and, and uh, learn about things that I don't know about. You know, I, I think it's a great honor. And I really enjoy it. Um, but once I was here and we're together, I, I figure it's time for me to take at least one day and devote it entirely to her. And I can still do How all dare of those. She? How dare she rip you away <laughs> from your audience? They, deserve, they need you seven days a week, Zach. You know, I was just thinking about this earlier. Uh, there was a time when you took like a couple of weeks off. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, man, he's so brave, you know, because like oh, all of these people in the audience, like I, there have been times where I've had, I've like taken a day or two off, like unscripted, not And you'll planned. get messages like, Zach, are you okay? Did they yes. get you? Where are you? Zach, we need you. Yes. <laughs> or people are angry that I'm not there producing Ooh, content. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, you know, I like I would never call the uh, uh, I don't know. You see, you deliver pizzas and, and you take the day off. And so my pizza guy is not there to deliver pizzas to me. I would never call that dude and be like, you know, what the heck is wrong with you? You you need to be here to serve me. 
you know, I don't know. But uh, people have been strange. It's the internet. I mean, that that brings up a good conversation we can get into for a few moments. You know, on one hand, if we make the choice to put ourselves out there as, I guess, whatever you want to call it, content creators, influencers, leaders, if you will, have the channels, then there is a responsibility on us to deliver that content, particularly if it's a pay, if people are paying, donating, right? Right. Granted, it is their choice to just stop donating. They don't need to extend the extra like F you, send you messages and get angry at you. It's it's their choice to send the money. But in that same vein, like we we bust our balls for this. We deserve a break now and again. So like how, wh- what do you think of that? The the Do you get a lot of false expectations from your your fans that kind of project their own desires at you and, and demand you? Do you get angry? audiences coming to you i i have in the past i mean it's it's few and far between i mean it 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 bothers me when it happens because you know in my head i'm like you know how can you not understand like how much of my life i'm giving to this you know i mean i think that there there have definitely been times where people you know look at a 20 or a 30 minute show and they think that represents 20 or 30 minutes of my life and the rest of the day I get to watch TV or something. I don't know. But, um, you know, but there's a lot of prep that goes into that. Um, You know, the editing process takes time. You know, it's uh, annoying to me, you know, having to manage social media and it's even more annoying now that we have like a hundred different profiles. But I mean, like that's the nature of the game. Oh yeah, you're definitely more of a video person than uh, you don't post much on Telegram unless it's like, just an article you're sharing yeah. real quick, your own videos. Yeah, you know, I just, I can't, you know? I mean, it's like, right. I, yeah, I I prefer to be in front of the camera and I f- prefer the interaction with the audience while I'm live. Um, you know, just, there just is- Just for those listening, you know, I, I'm gauging this on an average, but I would say for every one hour of content you see on the internet, it, t- it triple that and that's how much time it takes to produce it, edit it, export it, upload it, all of that. So I would say maybe an hour long live stream, you're talking at least two extra hours of prep at least. And that's, you know, not editing the video because live streams, you don't really edit. So it takes, takes a good amount of time. Uh, Well, I mean, definitely two hours ahead of time, but then like I take the streams and then I um, export them to audio to create the audio podcast. And then I also do edit them down. Yeah. Put it on BitChute and like Gab TV and stuff like that. You got to upload it to 10 different platforms we're all on. So it's. Yeah. Yep. And and none of them upload at the same rate. So you've got to be like ready to like publish, you know, after it's taking the time to upload, you know. So, yeah, there is there's there's a whole bunch of like, you know, post show work that goes into it. But um, yeah, you know, it, it, it has it's been frustrating in the past. I feel like it's not nearly as bad now. I, when it when I was on YouTube, like it was a lot worse, like people and i guess maybe i don't even read the comments on bitshoot anymore people are savage on bitshoot and uh if you're oh, there's not so many shills so many yeah, shills so many shills vitriol on bitshoot it's bad yeah yeah but um i feel like nowadays people people are more likely to to understand you know and um you know, I, I've made an effort to like communicate that to the audience. You know, I mean, there were times where, you know, I just I, I didn't say it. I didn't know if that was if there was like a faux pas for me, like to say that, you know, like, do I have a right to say that, you know, it bothers me when somebody gives me a hard time? You know, should I even am I feeding trolls? Am I going to make it worse for myself? You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, so I mean, there's a, and, and and to be fair, I mean, this whole experience has been a learning process. You know, I mean, like. I didn't know anything about how to do this stuff until I started doing it. And, you know, I was learning on the fly the entire way. And I still think that I'm learning how to do stuff. You know, I mean, like I constantly want to push myself and I want to try new things and I want to, you know, do it slightly differently. And, you know, I'm, you know, it's, it's an evolution. So um, yeah, for me as well, I was never yeah. much of a live streamer. I always typically did my videos edited and then, your, your channel was one of the main ones that gave me inspiration to live stream more. And I think it was just a couple months ago that I came to you and asked him for advice about tech you use or mm-hmm. how you set up the streams or something like that. So it is, it's a, it's a constant learning process. And um, on the same, uh, kind of on the flip side of talking about 
people who get angry at us with false expectations and all, and all these things, we have to extend the appreciation to our audiences that totally understand. Oh people, yeah. I totally understand. I mean, I can, I can miss like a day and I'll tell people oh, I just wasn't feeling good. And they go, you know what, Jordan, just take, take five months off. Take, you know, you, you, <laughs> they're, they're awesome. We wouldn't be here. We literally wouldn't be here without those supporting us, whether it's yeah. financially or just sharing our content around or, sending us nice comments to show their support. So it's true, you, you know, and there is, <clears throat> and, and I don't want it to, I don't want anyone to think that I uh, believe that there is like an overwhelming majority of people who might give me a hard time. I mean, the, oh God, it's no. the, 3% yeah, it's, maybe. Yeah. It's the internet and you have like the entire spectrum of different types of people and different voices and, you know, certain people like to watch a certain type of show. Others like to watch only the live streams. You know, I mean, like you have like different segments of the audience that are, you know, consuming different products. And, um, you know, the vast majority of people, uh, you know, watch the shows, they appreciate it. And, um, you know, and they can totally understand, you know, if somebody wants to take a day off, especially if you're working seven days a week for, you know, near three years. Yeah. I mean, I have seen some some influencer content creator people out there, they'll, they almost dick around their audience because they'll take like two months off. And then during some of the most, uh, I guess we could say roller coaster of times, the most intense times, they take all this time off and then they come back and do a two hour video talking about almost nothing. And I mean, you get some of those, but it's, I think, more few and far between these days. Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing about it is, is that people have a notoriously short attention span. So, and there's so many people. Difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's so many people making content now. Like, I mean, when we were, you know, initially doing this on YouTube, it was a handful of people that you could tune into to get, you know, these I types of I couldn't imagine shows. starting now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we, we everybody's were kind of lucky. Show. What's that? I said everybody's got a show now. Oh, everybody's got a show, and it's really flooded with, with content. Yeah, with with creators that are all doing very similar stuff. Um, how mm. have you, how have you stayed fresh, not only for your own inspiration, but I guess keeping your content fresh for people to see it. Welcome back, Zach Payne. Zoom shit the bed on us. I can. I guess we can blame that one on the CIA or something. You know. There we go. Sounds good. Uh, so I think I was asking asking you about what you do to keep your own inspiration flowing <clears throat> these days. I mean, you have been doing this for four years now, four plus. Yeah. Um, I understand how tough it is to do this for so long. I'm about five in, and then keep the motivation up, keep the inspiration up, also keep the content fresh and changing it because you've got new followers coming in. You don't want to lose the old ones and have them get bored. So mm -hmm. what do you do to maintain your own inspiration and then keep your content changing, evolving? You know, I've, um, you know, I, I think I was saying, I don't know if it got picked up, but I mean, I've experimented with just different ways of approaching the material, different ways of producing it. I'm trying to push myself in terms of the um, visual design of it. You know, I've I've gradually made the presentation like more and more complicated, I guess, like adding elements and, um, you know, animations and stuff. Um, also, I, I feel like the live streaming really helps with that, too, because, you know, when you're just talking to a camera, uh, if that's the only thing you're doing, uh, you know, I, 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 could, I could see that getting boring after a while. But when you do a live stream, you know, there's a million different ways you can talk about things. And also interacting with the audience, I think, uh, is really healthy and, and keeps it keeps it fresh and entertaining too. Um, you yeah, know, really also engaging, engaging with the comments, getting live feedback. Some people that watch the consumers out there, they love live streams. They're there. Oh, yeah. It's like the only thing they like watching. And yeah, I don't, I don't blame them. I, I like doing live streams too. It, they can get, uh, they can get really energy depleting. Sometimes I find myself even sweating and stuff after them. Like <laughs> it's far more mental effort goes into the live streams than, uh, non live videos, but yeah. yeah, you love the feedback. You love the engagement. 
I definitely love it. You know, I I honestly feel like invigorated, uh, like every time I, I go live and and just like doing the shows because. You know, there have been plenty of times where I was like, oh, God, you know, I just don't even know if I want to do a show tonight. I, like, I'm just exhausted or, you know, I don't know, maybe something's happening in my personal life. And as soon as I go live and and I, like, start seeing chats rolling in, you know, I mean, it just, it it um, it rejuvenates me, I guess. You know, I mean, it, it, it really does feed my, my energy. And I know that, um, you know, once it all gets rolling, uh, you know, I know exactly like why I'm there and, you know, why I decided to go ahead and do it. And, um, and it's, it's just, it's a lot better for my mental health, you know, rather than, you know, just like sitting here. Cause I mean, you know, I'm in a house all alone. One of the greatest parts about doing this, Jordan, is the community that sprung up around it. You know, I mean, like I was like so alone in my personal life when I started doing this. And, you know, having just this this mass, this group of people that I could interact with and that I could have, um, you know, similar, uh, you know, I guess just thoughts and opinions and, um, you know, people to, to bounce things off of and, and interact with that I just did not have in my personal life at all. It was it was really good for me. And I think it's been good for a lot of people. And that's how I met Lisa. You know, I, n I never would have met her if it hadn't been for me trying to figure out how to live stream. And, oh, uh, but wait, I thought conspiracy theories break families apart and destroy the destroy people's relationships. Did it again. Oh, are you there? Okay, good, good. Yes. Uh, yeah, it froze for a second. But yeah, no, conspiracy theories supposed to be breaking people apart. The Washington Post and Media Matters, what have you believe. You know, what breaks people apart is the cognitive dissonance and people who are unwilling or unable to accept uh, information and truth that is from outside of the paradigm that they have accepted for themselves or created for themselves. Right. And, you know, I mean... Take a look at everything that has been revealed over the course of the last year. You know, I mean, like the, that conspiracy cycle has gone from, you know, years to months to weeks now to days where something gets reported on an alt channel like ours. And then within uh, a short period of time, now these mainstream channels are, are being forced to admit that this stuff is real. And uh, people are just not buying the bullshit anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's not the conspiracy theories that uh, that break people up. It's it's people's inability to accept that maybe they're wrong on something and then they've trusted the wrong people. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I remember back when we were on Facebook and I had a group on there and uh, so many people. I felt like I was a matchmaker sometimes because they'd get into my group, they'd start commenting and talking on the forum and then people would meet and relationships would happen so it's funny it's funny seeing that happen and uh that's destroy cool what the mainstream media tries to say so uh i guess to finish up here what um i guess what are your plans what are your plans with red pill 78 do you want to keep podcasting for a long time or do you have any other aspirations where do you see your content going you know i mean i've always considered myself to be like the antithesis of the mainstream media. And I think that the ultimate goal for this grand experiment is for them to be fully revealed as propagandists and for them to go the way of the dodo and for people who are actually interested in the truth and who are seeking to help people come to the truth. I think that we need to replace them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I my I would love to do this forever, but I know that that's probably not possible. Um, you know, at a certain point, um, you know, either the world's going to be fixed and there's not going to be any need for us anymore. Um, but, you know, I, I honestly I honestly don't know. I mean, I would love to, you know, be able to continue to grow and and to find new projects to work on. I love working with people. I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's most fun when I have people to like bounce things off of and, and, and collaborate with. So, you know, as, as often as I can do that, um, I think that that would, that's what I would like to do. You know, I mean, people have suggested that, 
I write a book. I don't know that people would want to read a book that I would write. I don't know if that would work, you know, but, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know where it goes from here, you know? I mean, like, I, I think you're brilliant, you know? I mean, even though you, you don't like the, the movie that you made anymore, you know? I mean, just like the fact that you did that, I, it, I think it's so awesome. You know, you've got, like, your own, your own line of products and stuff, you know? I mean, I think that um, you, you've, you have done a great job of uh, ensuring that you have longevity. There are things there even if you're not podcasting, you know, like you can still support yourself and your family and you can still do good in the world. And, you know, any way that I can do that, I think that I would feel good about it. But I don't know what that looks like in, you know, five, 10 years from now. Um, if you were offered a job, say Trump Media Technology Group comes out with its own news channel or even like a ride site broadcasting or Owen comes to you and offers you something. Would you take it? I would definitely take a, a Trump News Network. I, I, yeah, I've, right. I've, con I've considered that so many different times. Um, and, you know, and, and everything else, it, it would all depend on, um, you know, what terms were, you know, like mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to feel like I was taking a job just to take a job. Um, Creative you know, control would be the most important thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But yes, if if I could do that, then I would think that would be ideal. I would I would really enjoy that. And um, yeah, I think that I think that would be great as long as I wasn't sacrificing myself or my own ideals. <clears throat> Lastly, where can people go to find the Red Pill seventy eight? What channels do you stream on, and what social media accounts do you have? So I have uh, Gab, Getter, Truth Social, still have a parlor, but like nobody's there. Um, I have a Telegram. I have, uh, that's all for posting. And then I stream on Rumble and uh, gosh, oh, the Foxhole. How can I forget the Foxhole? Uh, and then those are my two main streaming platforms. And then I, I, I have a Trovo and I have a Clout Hub and I have a uh, Pure Social as well. And all, all the streaming goes there. And then also to my website, redpill78news.com. And if you go to redpill78news.com, then you can find all of my different platforms on everything. Yeah, it's tough remembering them sometimes. You're like, wait, I got censored yeah. off Twitch. I'm not on Twitch anymore. So I'm on, yeah. oh, that one. Are you still on DLive? Uh, no, well, no, I mean, they, uh, they suspended me the other day during President Trump's rally, and I've been looking for an excuse to, like, not use DLive, so I'm just not going to go back to DLive. Yeah, it's, they're kind of a pain in the butt. They, yeah. they were demonetizing people last year after the January 6th thing, and then oh, yeah. recently they've been going after people for the copyright strikes if they stream Trump's thing, but then you got other people that don't get touched by DLive that mm -hmm. also stream Trump's platform, Trump's rallies, like Phil Godlewski being one of them. He didn't get touched, but very strange. So uh, very strange. So anyway, yes, I'll drop those links below your website. People can go find you, listen to the red pill 78. And I appreciate you for taking some time here today and chatting with me, man. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and uh, I really appreciate it. All right, let's do this again soon, man. Amen. You'll be on my channel next. We'll do. All right, peace. Take care.